Welcome to our real estate podcast that still has yet to be named, but welcome again in the podcast where we dive deep into the legal side of real estate. I'm your host, Deanna Reynolds, a seasoned real estate attorney with years of experience helping clients navigate the complex legal landscape of property transactions. And I'm your co-host, Shanara Carter, a licensed real estate agent specializing in residential and commercial property. Together, we'll be got your guides on this journey, unraveling the legal intricacies and sharing valuable insights to empower you in your real estate endeavors. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, an experienced investor, or simply interested in understanding the legal aspects of real estate, this podcast is for you. We'll cover a wide range of topics from contract negotiations and property rights, zoning regulations, and landlord-tenant laws. We're going to cover a lot, y'all. That's right, Deanna. Each episode, we'll bring you expert interviews, case studies, and practical tips to help you navigate the legal challenges and make informed decisions in this dynamic world of real estate. She said dynamic, y'all. <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> so what's to come? In today's episode, we will discuss an intriguing question that often perplexes potential home buyers and investors. Should you invest in real estate before buying your own home? The title of today's podcast is Invest the Nest. Oh, wow. Invest yes. first the nest. I like it. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. So this topic sparks a lively debate. Let's dive right into it and expose the pros and cons of this approach. So one of the main things we want to understand are our investment priorities. <laughs> All right. That was, that was a dramatic pause. So when we talk about Understanding the investment priorities, we have to understand the financial situa situation as well as an appreciation for our risk tolerance. When I, you know, do a lot of consultations, and you can probably relate to this, Shanira, when someone says, I want to get an investment property, the very first question should be is what they can afford. Yes. So when it comes to a financial situation, there's definitely pros and cons. Absolutely. So one of the pros of having an investment property is that obviously you're generating income. And, you know, we kind of start off very heavy on being able to accumulate money from collecting rent from our tenants. However, you need a plan on how to get that money there. You know, no one's going to give you a building for free. So one of the first steps is to budget and have a clear understanding of what you can afford. There's many different types of loan products, and we're very excited for a future podcast where we have coming up where we're going to bring in a loan expert, but a loan person is going to evaluate you to help you determine how much money you can bring toward this investment. Before you have this meeting, we suggest that you come up with a monthly budget have a clear understanding of what your obligations are, things that you have to pay each month, as well as things that are discretionary. This is a good idea. This is a good time to start, you know, decreasing your discretionary expenses. So when we say discretionary, they're things you pay for that don't need. So how many of you all have subscription services for things you don't need anymore? I do. And you know, I'm gonna need you to look at that credit card <laughs> statement. If you're not looking at Hulu, I love Hulu, you know, cancel it. 
Some of you are doing way too many Uber Eats. You know, I mean, I'm there. I feel you. Some of you have these cool subscription services for things that you haven't looked in, you know, looked at uh, gym memberships. If you're serious about investing, you need to have a clear picture of who you are financially. And part of that is going to be coming up with a budget. I love coming. I love having these conversations because this leads to a lot of topics that we're going to talk to. And one of them is going to be budgeting. But for the purposes of today's conversation, if you want to be an investor, you need to have a clear understanding of your financial situation. Another thing you should consider is your risk tolerance. When it comes to you purchasing a building, be it a multi-unit, single-family home, there's some risk involved. And we'll delve into some of the case studies of certain types of risk that takes place when you're a landlord. If you're the type of person who does not like to be bothered, you may not be the best person to be a landlord. If you know that you don't do well interacting with people, you may have to consider hiring a property manager. And that's someone where you still own the building, but you pay someone else to manage it. So you need to know your risk tolerance in terms of how you want to interact with your tenants. And then finally, when it comes to our overall investment strategy, obviously, Shanara being a real estate agent and me being a real estate attorney, we believe that there is no better investment than real estate. But you should also look at your entire investment strategy as a whole. You know, if it's stocks, if it's bonds, if it's real estate, and you can diversify with the types of real estate you have. It can be single family homes. It could be multi-unit buildings. It may be commercial spaces. It may be a barbershop. It would be in your best interest to come up with a plan in terms of what type of properties you want to invest in. I've seen clients who prioritize building wealth through real estate investments before settling down in their dream home. And that is one of the best ways to achieve the dream of being financially independent is first investing in yourself before you're putting your money into your dream home. So Shanira, I'm about to transition into our next subject of advantaging, advantages of investing in real estate first, but is there anything you wanted to share about people thinking about their financial situation or risk tolerance first? Um, yes. So, and it's hard because sometimes the difficulty here is that we really don't know what that looks like. <laughs> um, we think, because we've been taught, and the truth of the matter is we've been taught wrong about what financial stability actually is or what that means. And it has different meanings to different people, and that's okay. But as long as you get to the a positive end goal, the way you get there is okay. You can choose to take the slow road. Or you can take the fast road. What does that mean? That means like understanding how to spend your money, how to invest your money, how to pay yourself first. There are so many different things that need to take place so you can build and secure that financial stability to be able to invest in real estate. Very important. You have to have that ground set before you even start there. And the problem is sometimes we start there before we have that part secure and situated. And I think that's the downfall. We don't educate ourselves. We listen to people. Mm. You have to be very careful. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. <laughs> you have to be very careful mm. on who you get your advice from. Mm. 
on what you should do and how you should do it, unless you 100% know that person's situation or you 100% really know where their finances are and not just through a conversation Mm. and them telling you something, it's very important that you do your own research, that you be a student before you consider yourself a master. Very important. Very important. Very important. So advantages of investing in real estate first. So today's topic is invest, then nest, which implies that we're saying that investing should be held over having a place to live. You know what? I'm going to clarify that. Obviously, you need somewhere (laughs) to live. It's just, you know, understanding what, how you're going to use your resources, um, in economics, there's a thing called scarcity where you have a limited supply or limited access to resources and one being money. And we have to understand when it comes to money, are we going to put a lot of money in our home? Are we going to, you know, do it big, you know, get the biggest loan that we can afford, the largest budget and max out our um, buying potential on the home that we live in first? Yeah. Or do we use that buying potential on investment property? Absolutely. And I know, Shanira, um, in one of our segments, you're going to share with us a, a story that you have that's personal. But when it comes to the advantages of investing in real estate, if you invest in yourself first, you will benefit on, in the end in the long run. It's very hard for someone to buy their dream home, to sell it, and go back to investing. Um, You get very accustomed to a certain lifestyle. So it may be in your best interest to live in your investment property first, where someone else pays your mortgage for you, meaning maybe you can get a three-flat or four-unit building and you live in one of the units while your tenants pay the rent. So essentially, you have somewhere to live, But your investment is not only providing you a place to live, but it's also adding you a stream of income. With real estate, if you purchase a property, you also are able to um, benefit from the equity. And um, what's it when things go up in value, Ms. Carter? Go up? Appreciation? Appreciation. (laughs) Ooh, my brain today. (laughs) (laughs) you're able to take advantage of appreciation by buying your investment property first. Anything you want to share on that, Shanira? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I 100%. um, So let's start out with a fun fact. Let's do that. 90% of millionaires have a stake in real estate. That's huge. 90%? 90%. Mm. 90% of millionaires have some sort of stake in real estate. So let's let's stop right there. Let's like let's 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 dig into that just a little bit deeper. And I'm not saying that all their wealth comes from real estate, but some of their proceeds come from real estate. So we're not saying that this needs to be the end all be all for you for where your uh, fortune or your uh, appreciation or, you know, that that comes from. But real estate is the biggest, fastest appreciation that you can receive outside of like 
appropriately investing in stocks, which that's a whole nother conversation because it goes up and down as well. Real estate is more stable. You have more control um, when it comes to real estate. Uh, if you assess the numbers correctly, as long as you understand how to calculate what a good and bad investment are, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be happy. Will you have some challenges along the way? Absolutely. Is there risk? Absolutely. But there's risk in anything you do. There's risk when you go to school for four years and go get a job mm. that you think <laughs> is going to uh, take you to the promised land. It's risk in that because we don't know how long that job will be. Uh, we don't know the stability of that job. Uh, personally in that, you know, I've known people who have worked somewhere for 30 years, shut, closed, business closed mm -hmm. down, pension gone. So take control over your financial future by investing in real estate. So that's that. this is the key. This is what we're going to talk about. This is our focus. There's so many other things that you can focus, that you can put your money in and put your attention in and put your energy in but right here we're going to talk about how do you capitalize from your real estate investments and is it wise to do that first we definitely will dig into that topic so what's your thoughts on that oh I love it and you know I like the statistic you gave us where you said 90 percent of millionaires invest in real estate and I would bet to believe that every person listening to this podcast right now wouldn't mind being a millionaire. Absolutely. And if I know 90% of a group are doing a thing, there's probably a reason why. And, you know, one thing about life is people are always going to need to live somewhere. Absolutely. So that is never a changing thing. I don't care about AI or technology. People are always going to need somewhere to sleep. So investing in real estate is something that is going to be a forever investment, a forever investment. So I think it, there's a true reason why we all should be paying very particular attention to that, uh, to that statistic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this series is, could be very long. There's tons of information when it comes to investment. But I think one way to encourage us is just to hear a story of individuals who've done such things meaning that they've invested before they purchased their own home. And it just so happens that one of our co-hosts today has done just that very thing. So again, Shanira, could you tell us your, your story of why you decided to invest in real estate first? Absolutely. Um, and let me just start by saying that, um, and I'm not going to say that the, the education wasn't there, at that time, I just didn't have access to it. So everything I did was trial and error, trying to figure it out. Um, the truth of the matter is the people in my circle didn't have the knowledge to even give me. So very important mm -hmm. that you surround yourself with people who can add value and help you grow. When you're the smartest person in the room, you need to get in another room. She said, if you're, not, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to get another room. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so there were times where I found myself being that person in mm -hmm. the room, mm -hmm. and I had to get in other rooms. And 
I started by listening to Robert Kiyosaki. Um, my 15-year-old daughter, we're, we're reading that book right now, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, because I'm trying to teach her and get her mindset ready now, something that I didn't have at that age. So I was 20... Trying to figure out how old I was, y'all. Okay, I was 20. <laughs> 26. I was 26. Okay. <laughs> I was 26 years old when I purchased my first piece of property. Now, it's, it's, this, is, this, is, this is one of those tricky subjects because that's another topic we'll go to another day. Is it all... Do, is the best advice always to purchase because I was actually renting when I purchased my first investment property. Mm -hmm. So is it always the best move or the best thing for someone to buy? It's not. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. We're going to address that and talk about that another time. But I was actually renting and I was renting downtown paying. <laughs> yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> At the tender age of 26 years old, I was living downtown. You were having fun. You were living life. Paying nine, and that was a dis this was a discount now. 1936 in rent with an additional $250 for a parking space. And Insane. to give some concept, that's like a couple of right now, those same places probably go for what, like twenty four hundred dollars? Oh, more than that. Three thousand. Oh yeah. So so yeah. big money, big money, folks. Yeah, absolutely. So I was ready. I was ready. Um, I was ready to purchase. The beauty is, is that I had the tenant before I purchased the house. Mm. So I knew the tenant that was going in the house already. Uh, she was a section eight tenant. I knew her. Um, it was perfect. So everything was like lined up, purchased the house. Was it, um, would I say, was it the best investment? I'm going to say no, it was not. Um, it was not the best investment, but I was 26 years old. I didn't know. And I did not have anyone teaching me on how do you calculate what a good investment is? What does that look like? Wait, I'm sorry, Shanera. The title of the episode is Invest the Nest. Are you right. telling us your first investment property was a flop? It wasn't a flop. Okay. It wasn't a flop. It's just, it, so no, let me, it was not a flop. Mm -hmm. Did it bring me a residual income? It did. But mm. did it bring me the residual income that it should have brought me? So had I calculated the numbers on the property, mm -hmm. would I have purchased that property? I wouldn't, I would not. Have purchased that property. But you know what? We're going to give you some grace because you were 26. Yeah. I was 26. And so I was you... 26 and it wasn't a negative cash mm -hmm. flow. It was mm -hmm. definitely a positive cash flow. It just wasn't the positive cash flow that I know today that it should have been. Someone with experience. So for yeah. sure, mm -hmm. it was It was not. I'm So I'm not saying that it was a bad investment at all. It was positive cash flow. I knew the tenant. She took care of the house. It was. It was the perfect scenario. It just... Today, I know how to calculate an investment. So if my daughter who wants to invest in real estate today went to buy that house with that same exact situation, mm -hmm. when we calculate those numbers, I would have said, no, that's not the one. Let's find the one. These are the numbers that we're looking for. So 
You don't understand the different things that in, that come with that, right? You don't understand that you're still responsible for a water bill. Um, you don't understand that that mortgage payment will fluctuate as the insurance goes up, as taxes rise. Hmm. Um, you don't take into account when something happens with the tenant and with their income, you know, where they can't pay their portion or they're late on their portion if they have one. It's so many, it's so many things. Capital expenditures, those things long-term that you're going to need to fix on a house, the roof, mm-hmm. the furnace, those mm-hmm. things that are not regular general maintenance. We're not talking about fixing a leaky pipe. We're talking about those big repairs that you need to set aside for when you buy an investment property. So when I say that again, I'm saying if I would have calculated that property correctly and knew that I need to put aside, because there's three buckets when you purchase a property that you need to put aside for. So this is key. So one, understand that when you buy an investment property, if a mortgage is attached to it, when the bank goes to evaluate whether or not that's a positive cash flow investment property. They're only going to take 75% of the rental income off the bat, mm-hmm. 75%. So for you as an investor, you should be calculating your positive cash flow the same way. If the mortgage is just being covered, it's not a good investment. Mm-hmm. If just the bills are being covered for me, it's not a good investment because that can go up or down. Mm-hmm. That can change. So that, so that, that investment that may not be costing you anything can turn around next year, the year after that, it can turn around and be a negative cash flow. So it's very important, and that's a whole nother segment. We'll get into how you actually calculate that at, on another episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 Shanira, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to leave our audience on a cliffhanger, yeah. but I think you know, you're building into something very important for people to understand is that when you're investing you're going to learn things along the way. Absolutely. And that information or that learning experience is invaluable. Absolutely. But there's also a benefit from learning from other people's mistakes. Absolutely. And that's one thing we're going to bring with you this podcast is that, of course, you know, you're going to go out there and make your own mistakes as a realtor or an investor or even a first-time home buyer. But by having this information, you can avoid some mistakes. So, Shanira, one thing you were talking about is that you bought this investment property and you didn't have a clear understanding of what you should have budgeted for. Right. But as you as you own the property, you became aware of different things that you needed to be on the lookout for when it came to determining if the, if the investment was a good one. Right. So I think anyone who's interested in investing in invest then nest, their next question should be, Shanira, what are the things that I need to look for? And I know you briefly touched on them. Mm-hmm. But I think this is a good point for us to leave that as a cliffhanger as to in the next episode. The question being (laughs) is, what do I need to look for when it comes to a good investment? You know, you should be thinking, I'm convinced that maybe I should invest first before I buy my home. Or maybe you already do own a home, but you're interested in investing. What are the things you need to be on the lookout for? How should you evaluate a property? What metrics you should use to determine if an investment is a good one? So, Shanira, I thank you so much for giving us your personal experience with your first property. So knowing that we're going to go into part two 
Is there anything you want to leave that with them before we get ready for our next episode? So I will leave this. So I want you to know that buying my vet first investment property before purchasing the home that I was going to live in was the best decision that I ever made. So although I said that those numbers didn't check out on how I know them today, how they should be, it was the start of an amazing journey um, in real estate. It, it, it set up the pathway to just start building that generational wealth, um, to start owning. The truth of the matter is, and I'll leave this with you, we, people who look like me, we don't own the majority percentage in our neighborhoods. So that was huge for me in my 20s, owning real estate, being a part of the the other percentage versus the percentage of people who don't own where we live. So it, it's just a, it's a start for us to understand that we need to start um, taking back our communities and, and owning where we live. So I'm not saying there's anything wrong with renting. I'm not. But I'm just saying that the people that you're renting from are the 90% of millionaires mm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if I leave you with anything on that segment, I'm going to say, Get your stake. Start building your generational wealth and start thinking about tomorrow instead of today. Mm. We buy our home we want to live in because it's a want. Mm-hmm. It's something mm-hmm. we want today. Mm-hmm. But that strategic plan on the future and building wealth to get there is just not there. And so it's just time for us to start changing our mindsets. I want all the coins. I want all the bags. I want everything that's entitled for me and my family. So if you want all those things, join us on our next episode where we break down the different things you need to be aware of, the metrics, the equations, the formulas, the things you need to be on the lookout for for investment property. So again, this has been Deanna Reynolds, a real estate attorney, very excited to bring to you information. And she has been Shanira Carter, and I am your real estate broker and investor, bringing you those gems, bringing you those golden nuggets to help you own where you live, your neighborhood, not just your home. I know that's right. All right. Thank you so much. And we will see you all on the next episode. See you next time. Bye.